Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Yep, JVT is hanging out at the set at the TI. It's Cofield here in Albuquerque getting ready for the UNLV New Mexico game tomorrow, 2 o'clock, with the Ted Weens UNLV pregame show, and then 3 o'clock kickoff. Uh, Russ Langer and Caleb Herring and myself and Matt Neverett on the call of that one. So, John, I've stood up for Mountain West markets like Fresno. I know you know Central California really well. Beautiful cities like Modesto, Bakersfield. Uh, what are some of the other places you love? Uh, I mean, Hawaii's up there. Um, I've never actually been to any of the other ones, so okay, I've got to stick up for some of. The, I mean, I guess I don't know. I heard the update just now. I didn't realize New Mexico was the land of enchantment. So it is. Yeah, it is. It's very nice, and I've had a good time every time I come here. Today, I was getting lunch, and a guy walks up to me in Albuquerque. He's like, "Steve." I was like, "Whoa, what is going on here?" Um, I'll tell more of that story at 5.30. Caleb Herring will be at our set here in Albuquerque, and I'll fill you in on that. Wow. Hey, the show travels, man. Hey, you don't have to the fill me in. I'm national, Steve. Sh- it's, it's a normal experience for me. It's an everyday thing. You are national. I know. It's a, uh, you're right. I bring it up. It's, it's very uh, amateur on my part. I know From here to Timbuktu, baby. <laughs> That's coming up at 5.30. Right now, though, the big four. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents... The Big Four at four. Number four. Devon, this is your story. You've been waiting for two days to get to this, and I think JVT is going to have a really good reaction. I just wanted to get these Bob Knight takes off because I think it's a story that we should address. Bob Knight, legendary coach at Indiana, passed away earlier this week. But it's just one of those stories of where people ask the question, how do you talk about a complicated person? And I don't think it's that hard at all. You mentioned the bad, where this guy was a jerk, a bit of a bully. Not a bit, a lot of a bully. And, Steve, I said this to you yesterday. Someone who inspired tons of high school and little league coaches around the country to think, I'm going to get that same level of greatness and excellence out of my (laughs) players who did not ask for any of this. And it's a legacy of someone... That it needs to be said, like I said, a bit of a jerk, a bit of a bully, and a bad guy a little bit, but an excellent basketball coach. You cannot forget that part. Excellent basketball coach. He's the guy that threw the chair, right? Yes. All right. I mean, really, that's – look, I understand who Bob Knight is. I understand his influence on basketball. For somebody my age, and I think DeMond's kind of speaking my language here, that's who That's who I know him as. Like, it, it's, it's 100% true. And I think DeMond had a brilliant line there. Because I think guys like Bob Knight really did inspire a lot of people who I've seen up close and personal think that screaming and yelling and demeaning is the way to coach and get the most out of your players when really it doesn't have to be like that. And it's inspired a whole bunch, of, a whole generation of people too to think like if you don't do it like that, you're not doing it the right way and you're a bunch of pansies if you don't do it that way. At the same time, I understand that he is one of the biggest influences on a sport that I love to watch in basketball and that you see it all the time and every day, every day every day I watch the NBA you see his influence on the game Greg Doyle did you see Greg Doyle's closing line in his column the other day no what was it it was something along the lines of I'm paraphrasing uh, every time you watch basketball you see Bob Knight's fingerprints all over the floor just like you might see his fingerprints on the neck of like and he, <laughs> like he named a player <laughs> that's what it was 
I, and I'm with DeMond. Like, why you can't go back and remember all the negatives as well, I, I don't understand why not. DeMond, do we have Jay Billis painting a nice picture of Bob Knight? Well, they revered him from his players at Army who were close to his age mm-hmm. uh, when he coached at Army uh, to Indiana, to Texas Tech. They revered him. You know, there were times I know, you, you know, the players feared him, but uh, the reverence is something that, that was palpable. That uh, a compliment from Knight lifted you up to a level you didn't think you could reach. And then criticism from him was a weight on your shoulders that was, was very, very heavy. You knew him away from the game in ways that most people did not. What, what can you tell people that, that they did not know about Bob Knight? We played a lot of golf together. We All had- the golf. Right to the golf, huh? Of course. All right. I have no comment. Number three. Number three. By the way, a pro- comment probably me. lifted you up because he was, he was insulting you every second of your life. Yeah. And trust me, I have the, the most to say about him, and I did a lot of radio in the uh, 90s and the early 2000s, a lot of Bob Knight blocks. Like I said, no comment. Uh, what's going on with Wemby? Um, he might be awesome. No mind about it. Uh, Did you watch what he did last night, Steve? So that was like the nightcap. Spurs um, have won their last two games, and they beat these Phoenix Suns in both of them. And Devin Booker came back for the last one. But yesterday, holy smokes, how about this stat line? 38 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists on 15-26 shooting from the floor. He had 2 blocks as well. Uh, The kid was pretty darn good. And I got to tell you, if you watch both Suns games, okay, the first Suns game, he had a brilliant moment at the end where KD did not want to box him out, and so he just walked right by him for a putback that made it a one-point game, then KD turned the ball over, Spurs won in that way. They were down by four. With 11 seconds left, they won by one. So it was great. It was great. But if you look at the way the la- like this last game, night and day. When I watched that first one, he didn't know what he was doing. He would like go with the same guy. Like Two guys would come at once. They were screening each other. He was like bumping into each other. This is exactly what he can be. Now, it's going to be rough, and not every game is going to be like this, but for people who are wondering why him, last night was the reason why. I got I got to give you guys my bad beats in gambling. In play. Here we go. I say the Suns they're down by twenty, plus twenty two. I'm doing I'm I'm doing it. I'm, I'm with money line. Suns are going to win this game. KD's going to show them what's what. They tied at one hundred six. Yeah, I'm like they're going to win it. I'm like the Suns are going to win. KD's going to show them what's what. They tie the game at one hundred six. They came back. And I say, this is going to – KD, it's time to close him out. Showed his young boy his welcome to the NBA moment. <laughs> it didn't happen, Steve. He took over the game once they tied it up. Pull up threes, Steve. I mean, you can't contest this guy. He's the best player in the league. I'm convinced. There was a great – it's just it's such a simple play. But there, it was like in the second quarter. But, Steve, at one point, he catches the ball on the baseline, and Eric Gordon is guarding him. And you see when Banyama realized, like, Oh, okay. <laughs> he just shoots the ball over, and Gordon's, like, stretched as high as he can. He's like, dude, I'm 7-4. When I put this up here, I'm like 8-11, whatever. I'm going to just shoot over you. It, it was a crazy night. Now, I will caution people. When he plays his next game and he's, like, 3-12 from the floor and looking like an awkward giraffe running around, that's what's going to happen, man. Like, he's a young kid. He's 19. But the upside's insane. Number two. All right, I got a release today, uh, John, that the in-season tournament, the tickets are going to be available here in Vegas, semis and finals, December 7th and December 9th. The tournament is starting, right? Yeah, it starts tonight, actually. So th- these are this is group play. So if you're wondering, like, well, what do you mean it starts? They're just playing games, right? Exactly. So this is why I think it's a win-win, where people are like, this is dumb. 
it, it, it is no risk at all to the NBA. All you're doing is taking regular season games, putting a label on them, and then eventually you're going to play two games, or no, three games out here in Las Vegas. Like It's, it's awesome. It's a, it's a really unique idea. So you have a group. You're going to play your group on these days. I think it's like Fridays and Tuesdays, something like that. They'll be labeled, so you can see it. You play them. You move on to the group. You move on to the semifinals. Then you get on to the finals. Boom. Each of these games is going to count as a regular season contest, and it also counts toward group play. So I'm excited. I think it's actually a pretty good idea. I know there's some players who have expressed lack of interest. I know people are kind of like, ha, this is a dumb idea. You know what else they said? They said the in the play-in game was a dumb idea, and the play-in game for the postseason has been absolutely brilliant since they've implemented it. I think this will be just fine. I'm excited for it. What do you think about the courts? I don't know why they did it, but I guess you got to do something. I like it. I like the I courts. Mean, I like some of them. I think some of them are a little busy. So some uh, one of the Blazers guys that I met out here during Summer League had tweeted out, apparently the out-of-bounds marker is a similar shade to the, the floor itself. So they're going to have a little bit of trouble, like, determining what's out of bounds tonight out there in Portland, maybe. But outside of that, like, it's just the NBA. It's what they do. they got to throw some stuff out there. I don't really love a lot of them. The Clippers one looks kind of ugly. But, hey, you got to get some eyes on your product. I do like the outrage from people because they're modeling this after soccer, international mm-hmm. soccer. And the WNBA has done it for a couple of years. <laughs> but I guess people don't pay attention to WNBA. No, and I also think it's just easy to try to, for those, I'm assuming it's always the same type of people, it's always right. easy for the same type of people to dunk on the NBA, when the reality is that, like they're trying new things to make their product better. Like, you can't complain that you don't like that stars aren't sitting and all of this stuff, but then also make fun of the NBA when they try to implement things so that those things don't right. happen. Like, it's right. you, like then where, where's the win for the association? Like, you're just making it so that you want to complain about something at every turn. Number one. So if you missed the open of the show uh, in the first five minutes, John started getting all heated and worked up and doing his mad dog act. He's yelling a lot more lately. I think it's going to work for him. Um, And he started yelling about Josh McDaniels going bye-bye and Mark Davis having to fire him and Mark Davis better get it right. And you suggest that there's a public interest in this? Yeah, there should be. So I'll be – I won't do the mad dog thing, but I'll be serious here for a second. We fronted public money for that stadium with the assumption that you were going to do the best thing possible for this team, to put a winning product out there. Steve, I checked for tickets this weekend. The cheapest ticket up in the fourth, the, you know, the section 400 is $170. What am I paying for exactly if I want to go to that game? I'm paying for the fourth head coach of the four years that you've been out here. I'm paying for one winning season and a season which, by the way, if you watched with half a brain, you understood what that season was, the ridiculous luck you had in the clutch time, you knew that there was going to be a decline. This team has no direction. What are we doing? And it's I think it is. Like, this is the point where I thought about this a little bit more after they fired him. And it's like, you know what? This is ridiculous. And, and all of these fans who keep parroting the same stuff, like the Raiders, what was the uh, the Russell Westbrook, Pat Bev thing? Like, Pat Bev's got you fooled or Pat Bev's got you tricked. It's the same thing here. Stop with the commitment to excellence. Stop with all of this nonsense and these phrases that they keep throwing at you so you'll be fooled about it. You should demand more. And what has been happening over the last couple of years is absolutely ridiculous. Get it right. Stop asking for media members for help. Actually commit to getting the right person in here. Ben Johnson, the Detroit Lions offensive coordinator, looks like he's a great offensive mind. Go and get him. Choose a direction and do something. And again, Steve, it's not specific. Whatever. You can you can eh, all yeah. you want. What I'm just saying is hire a coach 
that is somewhat young and heading in the right direction and knows what they're doing and playing a brand of football that might actually evolve your team. But out here, people should be mad. You should be demanding that this thing is right this time because you shelled out a lot of money for that product. And you do it every Sunday if you want to go to those games. Yep. Now, the ticket prices are crazy. My my pause there was my sources say Jim Gray is not a Ben Johnson fan. <laughs> He's already advised Mark Davis. No. But by the way, so I don't I, like I, that kid because I went back. I went back and watched the, to make sure you know because the, the James Harden thing the other day got taken out of context with his quote for the Clippers. So I want to make sure I saw the quote exactly about Jim Gray. And the way that Trask makes it seem is, oh, he had some advisors in house, but the ones that are sticking around outside the house are guys like Jim Gray. That's that's ridiculous. Like what you need to talk to football people. We see it all the time everywhere. The people who know what they're doing, the organizations who are consistently good year in and year out. They hire the people to do their jobs and they let them do their jobs. And they do it because they're qualified. And for you to come in here and serve up a sub a, a subpar product to the people of Las Vegas after they gave you what they did, get it right. I think you should demand get it right. By the way, two of the other advisors that Amy Trask mentioned, one is Ron Wolf, and the other is Mike Ornstein, who go back to the 70s with the Raiders. What? I don't know. That just seems like a very interesting crew that he's leaning on. Sure. Maybe we do want Tom Brady to be, you know, de facto GM for a few months here. We sure? We 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 again want to hand this over to old Patriots and, and see what's going to happen. Right. <laughs> hey, your guy uh, Sweetelson suggested that the Raiders need to go in a bidding war with the Commanders to go and get Bill Belichick. We'll hit that in a little bit too. What is happening with the JVT look? Oh, these are um, these are my Raiders glasses, Steve. This is part of the swag that you can get. Oh, look come at on you. down to TI. I know I had some harsh words for Mark Davis, but you know what? Commitment to excellence, Steve. It's what we do. We are going to pick the Raiders in this game, right? No. What do you mean, no? I mean, I get it. Like, actual X's and O's. Max Crosby should be able to wreak havoc, get after a really bad offensive line, create a bunch of pressure. <laughs> uh, it, it would make sense. And I don't know. Maybe you want to go with, hey, new environment. Everybody's happy. You know, we're going to keep firing away and keep going. I don't know. But I don't um, – I don't know what I've seen from this team overall that would make me want to run and put my hard-earned income on them to win a game like this. They've Even actually played a lot of close games. They fought last week in spite of the fact that the offense was letting them down over and over and over again. They kept the game within hailing distance. That's a good point. I think this first, I think this first game will have a big bump for Antonio Pierce. Um, I also, John, on the other side, the Giants gave a couple of clear signals to the team, to the guys who were left on the roster, that this year is over and they are tanking. Uh, Leonard Williams was sent bye-bye to Seattle. And they were in a nip-and-tuck game with their third-string quarterback, DeVito, in the game, and they wouldn't let him throw the ball. And I would say this to her face, and I said it yesterday kind of to her face. Danielle McCartan was on from WFAN, and I said to her, clearly Dable is managing not getting wins by not throwing in the second half. And she's like, no, that was her best chance to win. I'm like, what? Oh, their third-string quarter, third quarterback can't throw the ball. He, then why is he on the roster? That is, he can throw the ball. I mean, it, 
I'll, I'll stop there before I start insulting people. We know what he was doing last week, and we know what he's going to try and do the rest of the season, which is make sure that they don't win too many games like the Jets did a couple of years ago with blowing it on Trevor Lawrence. But here's the thing. How do you tank with Daniel Jones? Just throw 60 times? Well, that's the thing. I don't. So a couple of things to address. I think first off, I mean, do you really think at two and five they were like, yep, guys, we got a shot. But now that Leonard Williams is gone, I mean, <laughs> morale shot. We got nothing here. I, I, I don't know if that's really something that's going to derail your season in terms of emotion. I think starting two and five and stinking would probably derail your emotion a little bit worse. I, I would also say, to your point, I mean, I don't know if it's tanking because I said this about Bill Belichick as well, and we say this all the time when it comes to quarterbacks in general in this league. I don't know what some of these coaches think with the way they manage their quarterback depth charts. Like, how your third string and emergency quarterback is that to the point where you don't trust yep. him to throw the ball is insanity to me. And I bring up Belichick because you look at their quarterback depth chart, where this entire season it's been one of four guys, Will Greer, Mike, Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, and Malik Cunningham. Like, I don't know what you're doing. So, like, I think it's more a sign of, again, once you get past, like, your top two quarterbacks or top whatever we want to call them, you know, 42 quarterbacks in the NFL – the, the, it's not deep, and it stinks, and you don't know what you're going to do after that. But I, I would understand the points overall, but I think that the fact that you have Daniel Jones out there would signify to me at least in the sense that you are trying to win some games, which you shouldn't be. Yeah, I don't believe what you said about the depth at quarterback. I think certain organizations, one, are trying to manage the tank. They came into the year, and in both the Giants and the Patriots' case, they're like, well, I mean, the Giants actually had a good backup, but now he's got a rib issue. Uh, but in Belichick's case, I think he looked at it like, hey, this is Mac Jones or bust. If he doesn't work out, then we are going to stink. And I'm going to make sure we stink by not having anyone behind him. Um, and I think another part of this, John, is when you look around the league, and I, I know you were going to go on this whole rant about this backup and that backup and look at how bad this one is and that one is, I, I think a lot of these organizations just cannot manage the salary cap. So once they get in a situation where they're paying a quarterback pretty big money, I, I don't know what's happening where they're so – Little put towards a backup quarterback. I mean, did you know when Kirk Cousins goes down that it's going to be Jaron Hall? Like, what what team that was a playoff team a year ago has a chance again, and they got off to a bad start because of the uh, schedule, but what team has behind Kirk Cousins when you could be a 10 or 11-win team before the season, Jaron Hall? Yep. This is stupid. No, not only that, Steve, I, like take it a step further. You also had to sacrifice an asset, how little that asset was, to go get another quarterback in Josh Dobbs to back him up. Like that's that's I, I would I would be pissed if I'm owner, if I'm the owner. I'm like, guys, what are we doing? <laughs> you, not only do I, we have an unproven rookie backing up this guy who we're paying a lot of money toward and he's very good, but we're now we I, now we have to sacrifice an asset to go get a backup for him. Yeah. How are we managing this this way? But I, you'll remember, sorry, John, you'll remember when. When Favre, I keep saying Favre, when Rodgers went down and then Zach Wilson was going to be the guy, and I'm like, he can't be the guy. Go get an experienced backup. And I started naming guys like Minshew, Jacoby Brissett, and I actually mentioned Taylor Heineke, which, by the way, on VSIN, did you guys hash out Ritter to Heineke? Is this being viewed as a point spread step up? I think it is, and it shouldn't. I think, they're the, I think they're the same quarterback. If you look at the numbers, they're, they're the same quarterback. The difference is is that Taylor Heineke and the YOLO balls that he threw up 
A lot of them uh-huh. went for the Washington Commanders. But over the long stretch, those aren't going to keep happening. And I don't think there's that big of a difference between the two. I just want backups to be able to throw the ball and be a little bit adventurous so that we don't have to watch a team you know, manage a game with 14 throws from the backup. Yep. Enough's enough. And I will say I'm going to put my money where my mouth has been. That sounded creepy. Um, I only play one fantasy football league. My team is dreadful. I've done almost no pickups. I was thinking about quitting before the season. Fantasy football talk on Sports Talk Radio is – freaking miserable but i'm gonna mention it real quick demond my two quarterbacks this week as you're doing a face palm my starting quarterback quarterback will be taylor heineke my backup for future weeks is you know who it is everyone should know who it is who's my favorite quarterback in the nfl the one the only kyler murray i will sweep to five victories to close out the season when kyler's back He's questionable this week, so you never know. There you go. Yeah. I don't have him in this week, unless there's a surprise start at the last minute. Then I can slide him right in there. But, boy, I like Heineke, too. I think he's going to have a big week, John, in fantasy. You know, and all this talk about quarterbacks, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, Steve, you, the, the fact that there's a future Hall of Famer just sitting out there in the open market waiting to get picked up, Colt McCoy could come in and lead anybody to a victory on any given day. And yet the Cardinals are going with Clayton Toon potentially. We got we got Jaron Hall going. What's going on? Cole, Cole McCoy. He's out there. Go get him. I don't even know why you would bring him up. That's so random. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, for those who don't remember, the the bet that Steve cowarded, cowarded his way out of when oh, he told Wisely me, coward. Yeah. <laughs> told me that. What was he? Did he throw for more yards than who? Josh Dobbs. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> well. There Dobbs could be some desperation like, down the stretch, and he gets a four-game miracle run where he can outthrow Josh Dobbs. Dobbs is going to start like ten games this year. You know he's going to start for the Vikings at some point. I know he is. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I, I made season. the suggestion. I'm not an idiot. When he wasn't picked up on anyone, I wasn't going to make the bet. The Cardinal season was emotionally shot, according to Steve Cofield, because they got rid of Cole McCoy. I know these things, started. just like Leonard Williams and the Giants. You're going to see it this weekend. The, the Raiders will win by two touchdowns plus because Len Williams is on the move. It's broken, that locker room. I know these things. Marquise Brown walked in the locker room the day he found out and punched the wall. He was like, not Colt! It was our best shot! (laughs) (laughs) So, Damon, you are going to bet the Raiders? Let me, maybe in play. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta (laughs) feel this out. Let me see that first (laughs) throw made no con. (laughs) Because I don't believe in him. I do believe that, hey, morale's up, everybody's having fun. But he could throw that first pass, and it still sails over Devontae Adams' head. I mean, and where I mean, we at? You saw – sorry, John. You saw that uh, Devontae Adams said, quote, I'm ready to run through a wall for that man. Yeah. But no shot of the old coaching staff. No, 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 we're not – we don't want to do that. <laughs> I mean, I will say, look, to, to go back to my annoyance too, and I don't know, maybe I'm being too hard on this. Miss me with all the rah-rah stuff, Okay. Like, we get it, all the Compton, yeah, connect with the Raiders fans. Again, it goes back to the same thing. Stop pulling the veil over the eyes of all these fans. What is going to be different? Let's go. Like, I want to see the results and the changes. Like, enough of this whole, like, hey, uh, Autumn Wind is a Raider, guys. Come on down with the wind to a legion and watch the game. Like, no. Let's get this thing going. Wait, you didn't, you didn't love the NWA? 
straight out of Compton angle that every Raiders writer just rotted up over the other day? I mean, they are the Compton Raiders, so. Did you not like um, Max Crosby's video where he said, hey, everybody get down here? And a lot of people said that he might have tried to say the N-word. <laughs> and he said, why don't you just do a retake? But see, like, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Hey, everybody, come on down. We're blowing maybe about $80 million on our last two coaches. It's all dead money. But come pay 170 bucks for a ticket and watch us potentially lose to the Giants. We're only one-and-a-half-point favorites. That's where the franchise is at this point. Like, come on. Well, DeMond, they're your team. They're your second team next to the Titans. So DeMond, you, you should be yourself? angry. You should be furious about the way that this has gone down. I don't I don't have a dog in the fight, and I'm more angry than you. You are, but that, because that's because you don't believe in the Raider way. What way? What has been shown <laughs> to me that I should believe? JVT, I only have a minute. It's too hard to explain, actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the autumn wind is a Raider. That was a pirate. <laughs> I don't know. It is autumn. Yeah. I like that he said he only has a minute, and he was like, I have four seconds of material in one line. <laughs> yeah, so, but I but can't dive no, deep into this. That's perfect, though. I, that's what we've yeah. been fed the last, like, three days. It's exactly it. It's just like, yeah, Raiders, go. Everything's okay. Come watch football, guys. No, it's not. I can tell you this. We're tired of losing. Doesn't feel good. Nobody around here likes losing. And we, we got to change that. <laughs> we don't throw fish back. You, we probably, you probably should have because you could have gotten a great draft pick. Uh, this part of the show is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 766-1400. Call from anywhere in the state of Nevada, 775 in the north, and offices in Reno and Henderson and Las Vegas and downtown Las Vegas. It's Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Demon. JVT is down at uh, TI, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar Cofield here in Albuquerque. Can we pull back the curtain, even if it may be a little bit gross, John? Are you comfortable with this? It depends. <clears throat> Excuse me. It depends if I think right. I know where you're going. We'll, we'll see how you're going to handle this. Damon, have you noticed that uh, John seems to have a lot of rage? He's been yelling a lot, raising his voice. No more than usual. Okay. John, are you feeling extra angry because of something that happened this morning? Like you feel bad or you feel some rage? Got my kid snipped, Steve. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. Is it still bothering you? Like like he lost a little bit. Um, not really because I'm not there okay. dealing with it right now. I'm sure it's actually kind of angry. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, where's dad? What? Why does this hurt so much? To, to, to be fair, so for a couple, first off, so this was something that we were like eh, debating whatever we decided to do it. But it, it snuck up out of nowhere because we wanted to do it the first the first appointment in the morning, right? Because you got to fast the kid, do all that stuff. We're not waiting until 2 o'clock. It's a pain in the butt. But they call us. They're like, well, the only 7 a.m. we got, which is the first one, not until January. Or we could fit you in tomorrow. And we were like. All right, cool, let's do it. Like a haircut, you know what I mean? Let's get it in. Let's go. Let's get this thing done. Um, So it was quite the experience. I've been up since like 3 in the morning. Uh, I think the anger probably stems from the fact that I've been awake for a very long time, more so than the fact that uh, my son son has joined me in the ranks of the snipped, you know? There you go. You know, by the way, I was not going there. You snuck that in. Yeah. Because you made a reference (laughs) that he joined a certain, like, 
a certain people, and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Are we getting info on John that I never needed to know? I mean, let's go around the table. Come on, why not? Oh, cards are out. Yeah, I, yes. I, I think I was like, <laughs> a, I think I was like two minutes old. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember them taking me in. Like, how old? How old is your boy? Yeah, uh, like nearly two. Yeah. Oh it's my fun. god! It's, it's funny because my 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 youngest was like, he was so amazed. He was like, "Wait, what?" He's like, "What is this?" And I was like, and and so we asked him because he was a little, he was quite younger. And I was like, Isabel asked him, do you remember? He's like, he gets all horrified. He's like, no, he's like, no, I don't. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah, no, it's a very good thing. That's a good thing. You ever watch like a computer generated image of like the procedure? It's terrible. No. Okay. That's it. That's it. No, this is riveting radio. Let's let's go. just, Just a yes or a no. Just a yes or a no. We're all family here. Nobody's listening. Oof. No, 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 no. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Can we? I, I, let's. Can we just do Harbaugh, please? You opened the can of worms. You definitely this, did. Yeah, this is what you I know wanted. I did. Ironic well, can of worms. Of, Get it? Well, because I was wondering why you're wearing sunglasses, and then you have been pretty volatile today, pretty up and down. I mean, you got screwed at the beginning of the show because we had a connection issue. Uh, and you weren't being communicated to. So I just want to make I'm, sure you're good. And I, I thought it might be from the young tyke in his rough day. I Look, I'm I, I'm, a, I'm a man of the people out here in Las Vegas. It's my city. You know, Bontobo, Vegas, you can't spell it without a V. All right? We're, we are simpatico what? here. What? <laughs> Full disclosure on your life. Yep. Almost everything. So my rage, you know, I'm sticking up for Raiders fans. I, you should be outraged. I am. I will be your messenger. I will take those. I'll take those those shots for you. I'll do it for you, the people. Steve, I don't know if you saw the tweets, but they didn't like your um, idea of Kyler Murray. <laughs> say it again. The uh, the Raider Nation didn't like your idea of Kyler Murray. I yeah, they're stupid. You. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they are. But you know why? Because Kyler Murray doesn't fit into the Raider way. That's hey. what I saw a tweet of. Uh, as no, a because defender people are, of, the, people of are, the Raider Nation, I will not let you besmirch them, Steve. They're not stupid. People. People are shallow, and they judge stuff off of someone's career before they're 25 years old. Again, I will say it, and it's not all about numbers because he has to mature, but go find me the quarterback and even the third quarterback in this draft who is going to come in and in his first four seasons throw 84 touchdowns against 21 interceptions and rush for 23 more. You can't find it. He's so people, like he's, it's like he's gone away and everyone forgot about what he did, and they're like, oh, he's terrible. No, he's not terrible. He's starting on Sunday, Steve. His name's Aiden O'Connell. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. DeMond's back in studio. It's Cofield and Company. Uh, T.I. is John Von Tobel. Cofield on the road here in Albuquerque. By the way, I just had a really good old man moment. I was just setting up a bunch of microphones, and I heard the jingle music coming back, and I was like, I don't know what microphone to use. Huh. Like, it's pretty simple. The one I was using, it's whatever. So behind the curtain, not entertaining, but just pleasing to me to admit again how lost I am, John, at times. Let's bring in uh, one of the great running backs in the history of the Mountain West Conference. He was a freshman of the year in 2002. He's a four-time all-conference player. He was the offensive player of the year in 2005, and He's a New Mexico guy, through and through, and he's going to help us break down the New Mexico side of things, John, for this game against UNLV. Dontrell Moore is with us. Dontrell, how you doing, buddy? Good. I'm doing all right, man. I appreciate the introduction. That was pretty nice. Well, you, you did a lot. Why shouldn't we mention it? 
<laughs> no, I, I appreciate it. A lot of hard work, that's for sure. How you guys doing? This? How was your trip to Albuquerque? Uh, it's always good. I always have a great time here. We're, uh, we're doing a food podcast, so we're very much into that. So we're looking to hit some places tonight. And, uh, yeah, I always have a good time here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with one more uh, accolade, or maybe you can brag about this. Are you the greatest running back in the history of this conference, or is it Donnell Pumphrey, a Vegas guy? A great question, and I'll lead with this. I have great respect and adoration for what Donnell did. It's kind of ironic that Coach Long uh, was the coach of both of those, of myself and Donnell Pumphrey. Um, different kind of running back. Um, I will just say this personally. There were 12, 15, 20 people in the box. Everybody knew I was getting the ball. We were one-dimensional, <laughs> and there was no gimmicky. There was no sprint. I would get the ball. was just a little bit different focal point, and I, I think he's special. I think he's great. Um, but if you're asking personally who's the best running back in the Mount West Conference history, uh, my vote goes for Don Moore. There you go. Okay. All right. right. Um, you know, I'm glad you mentioned Rocky Long. Explain to the Vegas audience, maybe aside from the obvious, was it just money? Why is Rocky Long not here anymore? Yeah, without getting too deep into, like, you know, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff and everybody has their own personal business, I just think he wanted to take an opportunity to go be the defense coordinator at Syracuse um, and, and, and do his thing, I guess. You know, I, there are certain details that I am not privy to personally, but – um, he is New Mexico through and through, and I know Coach Gonzalez and him still talking are great friends, and I think that um, it was just a mutual thing, and it was something that uh, he needed to do and wanted to do. And, and uh, you know, I know we support him in, in all his endeavors, and I know um, it was something that was probably a difficult decision to make or maybe it was easy, um, you know, based on finances and stuff like that. But I, I don't know his personal reason, obviously, but I know that it was, it was something that I feel I think that we, re- we respected him and, and supported him in, in doing Okay, well, let's go from you know the uh, the exit of Rocky Long to what his absence has meant. Uh, how much it has it hurt the defense? You know, I, I mean that that's kind of a loaded question. I, I, I'm just joking. I I think that Coach Gonzalez has has done a great job. The defense has taken a step back from last year, where they were you know 40th, 50th around there, and all the uh, you know major categories. You know, there's there's been some injuries, and, and, and they lost the freshman All-American and AJ Halsey last year. But I, I think it's um, – I, I don't know that I say, oh, you know, because of Coach Long leaving, the defense took a step back. I don't know that I would, you know, pinpoint it specifically to that. I do believe and see that Coach Gonzalez is, is more than capable of running a defense and doing it really well. I just think there are some things that have transpired. And although they have played really well the last couple of weeks, um, you know, played well at Hawaii, holding them to basically 14 points because – one of the points came in, uh, you know, kind of mop up time. And if it wasn't for Dylan Hopkins and the three interceptions last week at Reno, um, the defense, you know, forced three, um, you know, uh, field goals in the red zone out of five attempts. Only had only allowed about 300 yards and had 10 TFL. So I think they're playing better as of late. Um, but again, it is a little bit down, obviously, from last year. And as Coach Gonzalez would tell you, a lot down. But um, I don't know that I would personally pinpoint it to, to Coach, uh, Gonzalo, or Coach Long's uh, exit. So you answered part of my question, which was, are you seeing growth in, in this defense at the very least, which it sounds like you are. So I'll, I'll get a little bit more specific. Where on this defense are you seeing the most growth? Who would stick out to you as somebody who has maybe gotten better? Well, it's a great question. Um, man, I, for me, I think it's Alec Marenko. 
I think he has emerged as the best player on the defense. Um, just plays 100 miles an hour. Uh, I, I think um, with Tavian Combs, who to me was a top player in the conference and was going to be a Mount West Conference player, you know, Mount West Com- all Mount West Conference time performer at, at the logo position, um, has, has suffered kind of some injuries, and I think he's the other player that was going to do really good. But for me, it's Alex Marenko, and I think just his ability to fly around and make tackles and I believe leads our team in tackles. Um, he has made the most improvement. But I think the D-line, in my opinion, has kind of has suffered a little bit from last year, you know, but I think overall um, um, just not as many playmakers and people making plays in different positions as they did last year. So who knows? Who knows what that is or why it is? But um, it's football. We all know that it's, you know, 11 people uh, for the success of it, and, you know, this global team is no different than – than, than uh, your UNLV team, right? If, if everyone's playing well, you're doing what you're supposed to do on both sides of football, you'll get the W. If not, it's going to be hard every week. Dontre Moore's with us. He's the radio analyst for New Mexico football, and uh, UNLV's taking on New Mexico tomorrow, a 3 o'clock Pacific kickoff. We'll go with the uh, Ted Weens UNLV pregame show going at 2. How good had Hopkins been before this last hiccup? Oh, He's been special. Um, it's ironic. I tell people last year, if we had Dylan Hopkins in this office and Jacory Krosky Merritt, then you know we we probably challenged for a um, for a balanced conference title. Maybe it's a little bit much, but I, I know that the local offense has been the tie for the best. Um, it's not number one or number two for the biggest turnaround from last year being you know second to last in FBS to tied for first or second in the biggest um, turnaround. So he's been really good, uh, just um, uh, throwing the ball well, accurately when he's on. He's really good. Um, actually, it was just last week versus Reno. He had some high throws, had the three interceptions, and you know, still it's a 34-24 game. But he's been really good. He's had a lot of starts. You know, obviously before he came here, the 25 starts at UAB, he's a winner. He knows how to. He's a leader of this football team. And again, aside from the the high throws, is really where he just was throwing high last week, and those are the three turnovers that led to. Um, 20 points, I think, seven, four, 17 points for for the uh, for, for Reno last week in, in Nevada. So he's been really good. Um, and if he plays well, the local offense is really good, as you can see versus Hawaii, as you can see, obviously, versus A&M early in the year, versus UMass. When he's on, um, he, he's, he's, he's been really good for this team, both from a leadership standpoint and from a, you know, throwing the ball around the field. So when it comes to this matchup and talking about that offense versus UNLV's defense, how much do you think it's helped to face a defense with three three five principles? What do you see in this UNLV defense that is maybe similar that can translate into this matchup that maybe New Mexico would be familiar with? Well, everybody does their things differently, and I'm, I'm not a guru in that regard, but I, I know that when you, when you have familiarity, it's still about the game plan for me. What I mean by that is if you're playing another three three five defense, um, you do understand the familiarities, and you can do some things, but it's still about a game plan. So um, I think whatever game plan uh, Coach Benson, which is the offensive coordinator for the Logos, whatever he kind of has in place, will have to be specifically for UNLV because um, UNLV is going to pose different different um, challenges than, 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 than other defenses. And um, I think personally, I mean, I don't know, you know specifically about you know, where your strengths are, UNLV strengths are, but I do know has, has played really well, right? I think um, 
turning the ball over, I think, is what, what, what UNLV is doing really well, so they have to protect the ball. I think that's the biggest threat that UNLV, in my opinion, probably poses. Is, um, um, plus seven in the turnover margin, right? Um, and it's just playing really well. Uh, I know you guys have uh, 12 interceptions and fifth in the nation. I know that, so I know, you know, coming off the three interceptions last night. But I don't know that it's specifically a three-three-five issue, you know, because everyone runs their things differently. Some three-three-five. All three three fives aren't created equal, in my opinion. So it's more of a game plan thing, and I'm not privy to the game plan per se for both teams. So I think for me, it's just if the Lobos can not turn the football over, and you know, the I think the matchup is whether the Lobos are going to turn the football over, and UNLV is going to do what they've done a lot this year, which is you know force turnover. So I think that's where the game will be won or lost tomorrow. Uh, Don Terrell, who's the best team that you've seen up close that New Mexico's played so far in the Mountain West? Oh man, I I I personally think it's Wyoming. Um, they I think they had Air Force on the way, or I can't remember if that game was at Wyoming or Air Force, but I know that was a good game until the kind of the end. I think, um, yeah, I, I think Wyoming. And, and what's crazy about that is I think Wyoming is the best team that, that the Lobos have played so far in the Mount West, and that game. Um, was one or two kind of big plays away from the Lobos winning that game. So it's just, it's that, Coach Gonzalez says it every week, it's that kind of league. Um, I know you guys are 6-2, you 3-1 know, in Mount West, and there's so many games barely lost at Fresno, right? And everybody, you know, essentially was Fresno was the class and the Air Force the class of the, of the league. But I, I just think it's so, you know, close top to bottom that I think week in and week out um, you have to play good football to win. But, you know, obviously for, for me I would say probably Wyoming up to this point. What uh, you went through a lot of the details that you've seen on UNLV and the, and the start they've had. What do you think of the quick turnaround here? Because uh, well, I will say last year they were close. They were five and seven. They lost four games that they could have won. What's the out- outside perspective on you know the program suddenly being at a level where they could maybe win seven, eight, nine games? I know that's that's, that's pretty crazy. The, the, the turnaround when you think about it is because how difficult it is to win in college football, right? And so, like I said, I, I don't kind of know personally, in my opinion, what, what has caused the turnaround, or, but I know that just hearing and listening to, you know, the difference where it's like, okay, UNLV is really good, and UNLV is playing well, and they're forcing turnovers, and they, they have multiple weapons, and, you know, some transfers, and you know, things like that, 23 t- rushing touchdowns in eight games, and, you know, I think it's just getting talent. It's just getting talent in, getting some transfers to do some things that you want to do and kind of, you know, stay in the course. I think it's, I don't think it's magic necessarily. I think some people, you, you get the right formula of people, you get the right um, collection of talent, right? And, 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 and you put it together. Some, some, some teams are able to do it right away and, and some teams, you know, aren't able to do it right away. So, I, like I said, not, obviously not being in Vegas, not knowing everything about the turnaround, but I just know specifically in college football, having played football at the highest level, that when you're changing, especially in this era, when the transfer portal and with you know so much going on, it, it's really hard to, to do what UNLV has done, you know, figuring out a way to turn around. So I just think it's, they've got the right collection of players in the right positions, um, and 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 they're playing well at the right time. I think that's I think that's a novice, obviously, uh, perspective, outside novice perspective on UNLV's turnaround. turnaround but that's kind of what I would, what I would um, add to that. Well, that was a great spot, John Trell. We, uh, we appreciate it. We'll see you at the stadium tomorrow, okay? All right, yeah. You guys have a great rest of your evening. We'll see you tomorrow.
There he is. Dontrell Moore, one of the all-time great running backs in Mountain West Conference, radio analyst for the Lobos, and uh, he'll be out there at the stadium as UNLV's taking on New Mexico. John? I thought you were waiting to jump in there with something. Oh, no. I was listening to you. Okay. I apologize. Maybe I made a face. I am watching. Oh, no. being, I'm being hypnotized by these in-game or these in-season tournament courts uh, in action. They're incredible. Why? They're they're so bright and ridiculous that it ha- <laughs> like it's the Bucks one's really nice. The Pacers yeah. one, if you have a chance, look on Twitter and look at it. It's absolutely insane how blue it is and annoying. I love these things. Five o'clock hours on the way. If you want to continue to listen to the show, LVSportsNetwork.com for the live stream.